blessed Jesus. All right. Do you know who I am? Who are you? I do. This is your radio almanac, the first of a new series. TV. Behind the scenes at the podcast. Um, let's talk about, because this interests me, the idea of having cars. And what did it say? They would drive themselves self-driving cars. Is that right? You know, honestly, being an Atlanta driver, I think that we could all greatly benefit from that because I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think Atlanta drivers drive like they're not scared to die. Like, they drive like they're not scared of death. We use no blinkers. We'll cross four lanes. They don't care. They truly don't give a shit. I see people going the wrong way down one-way streets. It's wild. If you've ever driven in Atlanta, you know what I'm talking about. Nine times out of ten, you're getting flipped off for things that, like, you didn't even do. I'm Alex Gibbons, and this is Let It All Hang Out, exclusively at TomorrowPictures.tv. I preach, my dear friends, you're about to receive on John Barleycorn, Nicotine, and the Temptations of Eve. This is TomorrowPictures.tv. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Let It All Hang Out, the podcast that talks about music, movies, sex, drugs, sports, and news. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world today while we let it all hang out. We are uncensored, unfiltered, and uncontrollable. I'm your host, Alex Gibbons, and this program is powered by the Tomorrow Pictures Network. On the boards today, we have Frederick Taylor. Good evening. We are also joined by Nicole Duncan. Hello. Brandon Sartain. Hey, hey, hey. And Greg Gordon. So, Fred, I see you have a paper there. Crumple it in our ears and tell me what's going on. I am. This is one of my personal favorites as far as segments are concerned, and it is the Atlanta Business Chronicle segment where we learn about business and culture within the city of Atlanta. And today we're going to learn a little bit about the business of film in Atlanta. Films that have been made in Atlanta such as Thor, Ragnarok, A Bad Mom's Christmas, and Boo 2, A Medea Halloween. Oh, something to be proud of. What's next? What's the next wave of growth for Georgia's film industry? The future of Georgia's rapidly growing film industry takes center stage in this special section of a Atlanta Business Chronicle, which previews the business of film. Events slated for December 7th at the Tabernacle in Atlanta. So this is a past uh, event where they got everybody together and they all talked about the business of filmmaking in Atlanta. Uh, In fiscal 2017, film and television production in Georgia generated $9.5 billion in economic impact, including $2.7 billion in direct spending, according to Governor Nathan Deal. Films produced in Atlanta, Georgia in 2017 included Thor Ragnarok, which I had previously mentioned, Bad Mom's Christmas, and of course, Boo 2. We all love Boo 2, don't we? National treasure. Absolutely. The growth of film industry is credited for the 2008 tax incentive, which awards up to 30% of what a production spends back in transferable tax credits that can be then sold on the free market. So that means whatever money you're making, you can sell it to somebody else. So you could do this as back alley deals. So you could sell these tax credits to Greg. Luda said it if best. you wanted, if you wanted to. So it's about the hustle. There is no Welcome question to about Atlanta, it. Welcome to Atlanta, where the play, play is playing. And they, and they are playing. Uh, the business of film includes an, an analysis of the future of the incentive and how Georgia can grow original content production and tips on breaking into the film industry from successful entrepreneurs, along with perspective from Pinewood Atlanta Studios president Frank Patterson. So for all you people out there that are hustlers in the game. You need to know or you don't know 
And um, that's the latest in my uh, wonderful segment called Can Atlanta I just Business say Chronicle. one of my craziest auditions so far to date? Please tell us. It was for Bad Mom's Christmas. I can I, see that. I auditioned for the role of Flabby Stripper. <laughs> so You should have gotten it. Dude. They, they have me go up. It's an in-person. I would pay money to see you as a I would absolutely. I know. I was like, I'm going to kill this. Like, <laughs> So like, I show up. It's an in-person audition. And they're like, okay, so we're just going to have you stand on the X. And um, we're going to play some music. Are you going to shake that ass? We just want you to dance. And I'm like, like, your rent is due tomorrow. I was like, girl, please. I hope you're ready. <laughs> so I get on. It's like, did my thing. And she was like, in the corner trying not to visit like audibly laugh out loud and i'm totally like fat boy working it like i got no shame give zero fucks and i finish up and it's 30 seconds of me just shaking it you know and so it finishes up and she was like wow <laughs> wow that's said, not you never want to hear a casting director say wow because I you said, don't know what to take away from that i said so good wow or bad wow she goes just wow I said, you are welcome, and walked out of the and, room. Never heard back. <laughs> I had a friend. We were um, on set for Neighbors 2, which was also filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. and we were shooting a scene in the parking lot where Zac Efron takes his clothes off, also a strip scene, and um, he becomes a little indecently exposed. And in the scene, Seth Rogen's walking through, and I'm standing with one of my friends named Sam. He's a kind of a larger-built guy, and he just makes this comment, and he just goes... I am too fat to be a stripper and no one would ever want to see that. And as he's saying it, Seth Rogen walks by him and stops and looks at him, looks him up and down and just busts out in hysterics. And the next thing you know, casting's coming up to Sam and they're like, hi, can you come with us? Take your shirt off for me and we're actually going to spray beer on you. And we just want you to like <laughs> shake your chest around yes. for us over this mini pool full of women. Why can I not get that role? And I was I'm like, like, Sam, chewing. the heavens have shone down upon you. <sighs> They say Atlanta is the next Hollywood. That's what they're saying. And he got the role just that quick. Well, it, absolutely, it, it is. And along with you know being the next Hollywood, all of the trappings of being the next Hollywood do apply. And body type is uh, one of them. And we have an expert body type person in the studio. We sure today. do, Nicole Duncan, who is a yes. fitness expert for and celebrities it, and people alike. And it is January, and this is the time to get it together so you look right, so people don't have to spray beer on you. <laughs> During the uh, summer months. So we'd love for Nicole to talk a little bit about what people can do to uh, enhance their exterior selves. Or not look right and get the part and get paid, right? There you go. You got to pick what you want to do, guys. <laughs> you know, you, that's exactly the uh, the issue is you have to decide this is 2018. What are your goals? What do you want to do? You know, do you want to travel? Um are you one of those people that get sick three or four times a year? You know, do you want Looking to avoid at you, Brandon those Sartain. kind of things? Hey, I've only been sick once so far this year. We're only four <laughs> days in. <laughs> Go ahead, Nicole. Sorry. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it all depends. There, there uh, are st- several studies out there that you can actually uh, be fit at a bigger size. You know, and what I do love about this country now is like butts are in. Like there's certain oh, things, yeah. curves are in. The um, the Amen, glory. So there's 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 a, also a wellness portion to this. Mm. You know, know your numbers. What what are your blood count numbers? You know, do you have low iron? Is that contributing to your energy? 
you know, uh, what's your cholesterol levels? And I don't think people think about that. I think they look at the scale and they say, how much do I weigh? Can I fit in these size six jeans? And if I can, great, I'm healthy. And that's not always the case. So give us some insight into some misconceptions people have about being healthy. I meet people that are stuck uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. They want to fit in the same size they fit in when they were in high school. And I'm like, that is not attractive. It's you know, not healthy. Nor is it healthy, exactly. Um, you know, we got a lot of skinny bitches walking around, and they're <laughs> not healthy at all. They're walking heart attacks, you know? It's, it's serious. I just had surgery at the end of last year, and um, the anesthesia and the medicine, the pain medicine, all that crap that they give you, um, which is, of course, necessary. You don't want to wake up in the middle of surgery, you know, and, and that sort of thing. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> but. Can you imagine Brandon waking up in the middle of surgery? Just leans up on the table. Oh, he's just. Oh, start no. punching out people. Like, stop, get off me. Uh, but what? yeah, no, it's, it's, it's something serious, and I've lost. I've lost at least 10 pounds, but it's not been healthy. It's been because my stomach, you know, doesn't feel the greatest, so I don't feel like eating. So I'll start to try to eat something, and then, you know, I'm eating less because of the way I feel. So you think it's probably more muscle mass rather than water weight or fat or anything like that that you think you've lost? Yeah, I mean... Luckily for me, I mean, um, it's not like you got much fat on you, right? I can't, right. For those of my, you listening, Nicole is in excellent shape and she looks phenomenal. I, I carry a lot of muscle and I ate a lot of crap right before I went into surgery. Mm, I saw her, I was with her. So, <laughs> I, I did put on some pounds, like seriously. <laughs> what, like two? Come on, yeah. no, <laughs> you were more, carrying a bag full of potatoes. More like, come like, on, give me you? credit here. More like 15 pounds. I'm from the south. I eat everything. Nicole, I can I can sniff a chocolate bar and put on 25 pounds. For you to say that you put on 15 pounds means you were actively trying. I am 4'11". So and a, I would be a Oompa Loompa because I'm so short. You know, it, it picks up on me differently. I'm you're trying to picture this weight you had on before. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, what? what, what is this weight? And guys, we're not, okay. Let's clarify something before we delve any further into this discussion. We are not shaming people that are skinny. We don't want people to think that at all because everyone is beautiful the way they are made. What we are discouraging is unhealthy habits, destroying your body and having a misconception about what it means to be healthy and how you obtain a healthy lifestyle. We do not believe in starving yourself and, you know, other things like, Nicole, what is it that you see in your clients sometimes that you discourage them from doing because they aren't healthy practices? Skipping meals, drinking like, um, you know, pots of coffee a day to get them going without eating actual food, um, buying every supplement on the market, not researching them, finding out what they are, and just taking them because the guy behind the counter says, this is great. You know, you have to know your own stats and how things work for you, and then try one thing at a time to fill in the blanks. You know, yeah, I get it. Um, A cup of coffee in the morning, you know, studies are showing that caffeine is helpful in kickstarting your day, but if it curbs your appetite, then you know, that kind of screws you up in terms of you need to eat real food. Food is fuel. It's not, you know, it's not what we use it for socializing. Right. So which camp do you fall into as far as dieting? Because are you like a four to six small meals a day kind of person? Are you a three regular size meals a day kind of person? Like, where does all that fit? And I'm sure it it varies depending on how much exercise, how active you are, what Mm. you do. 
Because it's like, this is something I've been paying a lot of attention to lately because I had surgery myself not too long ago, so I can't do the activity thing that I love and got probably 95% of my activity from, my workout from. So it's like, I've ballooned up over the last six months. I'm at 417 right now. I'd love to get back to 300. <laughs> yeah, it. that's where, you know, personal needs to be like highlighted mm -hmm. when you talk about working with a personal trainer it's not just somebody who kicks your ass in the gym right. and puts you through a whole bunch of workout that person needs to actually sit down with you find out what your habits are what your lifestyle is you know i have people that have a hard time putting on weight and you know because of their time frame they will sit down and have six or not six but three huge meals because right. of when they can get it in um I would ask you a lot more questions like, mm -hmm. you know, what time are you getting up? Are you going to bed on time, getting eight hours of sleep at night or at least seven, you know? Um, so is this something like you do professionally for like you take in clients to do? That oh, yeah. Nicole is like top notch. Like you can find her on Instagram. She takes clients. That's what I was Absolutely. about to say. How do we get in touch with you to, to schedule something, set something like that up? Brandon is very interested. I think you've got a new client. <laughs> yeah, Brandon is ready like to it. get going. Yeah, I mean. Waste no time, I, I do exactly what I'm doing now. I, I talk to people. I find out, you know, I ask a lot of questions. I have a long questionnaire. You know, um, once you fill that out, then, you know, we go through the processes of, you know, um, increasing your exercises, um, if you carry a lot of body fat and you need to carry more muscle, we talk about that or vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, um, I have done some CrossFit competitions before um, and I've also done bodybuilding competitions. The difference is with the bodybuilding competition, they're looking at a shape and mm -hmm. what I look like. With the right. CrossFit competition, they're they're looking at a performance. Yeah. So they're expecting me to push a weight. Oh, and they're totally different exercises, too. Right. Absolutely. You know, I ate like, you know, a bandy. I ate everything. You eat all the things that were ever things that fall into your diet regime. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I did some CrossFit for like six months and did that with the paleo diet. And I dropped like 70 pounds. Ooh. It was awesome. Yeah. Holy cow. But so then I could, it, it was too heavy to do a lot of the CrossFit workouts and then started getting a lot of joint pain and uh -huh. issues and stuff. But so people have yeah. to know what they're trying but to do. Yes. Totally. And that's, that's with programming. So yeah. like... You know, you can't have, like, five days of heavy lifting. You know, some of those days need to be maintenance, you know, mobility. Oh, that was just three days a week. Yeah. I mean, so. if I'd gone five days a week, holy crap. Yeah. So, guys, it is important. It is important to be informed. It's not enough to just go to the gym and then, you know, skip meals or do these things that you see on TV or on Instagram. You know, you need to find somebody that is a professional and that specializes in this. And they've made this their living because your best interest is what they care about. They're doing this because they want to help you create a healthy lifestyle and a healthy practice and keep you in the best shape you can possibly be in. So Nicole, why don't you plug your Instagram, plug your contact information so people can find you? You can find me on Instagram as uh, Nicole Duncan Fitness. That's my website as well. Info at Nicole Duncan Fitness would give me an email directly. You know, you can also Google me. And Nicole it's, Duncan Fitness. it's just N-I-C-O-L-E-D-U-N-C-A-N. Nothing crazy, nothing too wild and out there so you can find her she's a pretty popular person so we are going to take away for a quick commercial break guys we'll be right back with let it all hang out this podcast is brought to you by tomorrow pictures network this is tomorrowpictures.tv and the story is in the telling 
Tired of network TV with no bite or interesting characters? Do Hollywood movies make you long for the days of real stars? If you hear about one more Kardashian, you might want to scream. Well, there's another choice. No, not those other streaming networks with aging stars or women locked up in prison. We don't even make you pay. Picture Michael Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor, Obama, Akon, Amy Schumer, Charlie Sheen. Visit us at TomorrowPictures.tv and discover tomorrow is today. This is TomorrowPictures.tv. connect you with more of this country than United Airlines, with low-cost vacations from Hawaii to the New York Islands, to the mountains, to the oceans, to the sunshine, and back again. That's why in the friendly skies we say, your land is our land. This land is your land, this land is my land, from California to the New York Island. Alex Givens. No, I have no huh. idea. Who's Bobby Boucher? Bobby Boucher? Oh, he is the main <laughs> character off of Adam Sandler's Waterboy. Ellen Bernard. Oh, Waterboy. <laughs> Fabulous. I'm Love terrible. It. Like, like if you showed me his picture, I would get it in an instant. But oh, yeah. I had with the names, apparently even in pop culture. And welcome to Ellen Corner. This is Let It All Hang Out. Sign, hot dog, a razor boot, water dripping up the sky. Hey, I don't care, let it all hang out. Hanging from a pine tree by my knees, sun shining through the shade. Nobody knows what it's all about. Welcome back, guys, to Let It All Hang Out, the podcast that talks about music, movies, sex, drugs, sports, and news. We'll talk about what's going on in the world today while we, you guessed it, let it all hang out. We are uncensored, unfiltered, and uncontrollable. I'm your host, Alex Gibbons, and this program is powered by the Tomorrow Pictures Network. On the board, we still have Fred Taylor. Yes. Brandon Sartain. hi And Nicole Duncan. Hello. All right, Fred, what's going on? Tell Guess me. Guess what? It's award season, ladies Woo! and gentlemen. Yes. So this is the time of year where uh, record companies, film companies, production companies pass out awards to these lackluster, mediocre people that fill the entertainment <laughs> airwaves throughout the year uh, as well. And then they're pawning off their latest re- record releases of albums dropping and TV shows and movies and stuff like that. So the first one up this year has been the Golden Globes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you some of the things for the Golden Globes this year. Ooh. And for best motion picture drama for the Golden Globes is... Um, Call Me By Your Name, I believe Willem Dafoe is in that, Dunkirk, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbington, Missouri, Best Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy, The Disaster Artist, Get Out, yes. The Greatest Showman, I, Tanya, and Lady Bird, Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture or Drama, Jessica Chastain, Molly's Game, Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water, 
Francis Dormond, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Meryl Streep, The Post, Michelle Women, Michelle Williams, sorry, uh, All the Money in the World, Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture or Drama, uh, Timothy Chalmet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread, Tom Hanks, The Post, Gary Oldman, The Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington, Roman J. Israel, Esquire. That Best. one looks like a pretty trippy movie. Denzel Washington? Yeah. I want to see The Post. I saw that. It's actually pretty good. Um, and The Post is actually really interesting, too. It's all the Watergate stuff and Vietnam and all Ooh. that crap. Yeah, it was uh, when, um, you know, it was the last time that we trusted uh, media and the government and things like that. So we've been, mm -hmm. you know, this whole sort of Trumpian era that we live in actually started in the 70s with Nixon. Is basically what the film is about. Um, best actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy: Judy Dench, Victoria, and Abdul. Uh, <laughs> Margot Robbie, Itania, Soris Ronan, Soris Ronan, I believe that's right. Lady Bird, uh, Emma Stone, Battle of the Sexes, and Helen Mirren, The Leisure Seeker. Best director: Guillermo del Toro, The Shape of Water. Martin uh, McDonough, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, Ridley Scott, All the Money in the World, and Steven Spielberg, The Post. I think that list is bullshit because uh, Jordan Peele is not on it for um, Get, for Get Out. Out. But that's my opinion. I'll keep it to myself. I second that. I'll co-sign that. Okay, so um, other categories that you're interested in me reading. There's Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. There's Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture. There's Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture. There's Best Original Score in a Motion Picture. There is Best Screenplay in a Motion Picture. Again, Jordan Peele overlooked hmm. Let's for talk that about category. That. Um, okay. He got screwed. I'm just going to say it. I think that Get Out was phenomenal. I think that the fact that they wanted to include it in a comedic category is an insult to Jordan Peele in the movie itself. What? Yeah. They were talking, it was rumored um, when they first started looking at nominations that it would be filed away under, you know, a comedy or this and that. But it's not. It's not even in a comedy. Oh, no. It's not even in a comedy. Let's see. I'm going to go back here. Keep talking. I'm going to go back here and look for best Yeah, I, I think best that best Jordan Peele, he got screwed. I think Get Out was amazing. I figured it was a horror movie. That's why I didn't go see it. It's totally a horror movie. Because I don't watch horror movies. It's good. Yeah, it's, oh, really? Mm-mm. It's a horror oh, film it is. from it's Best Motion Picture, Musical Comedy, uh, Disaster Artist, Get Out, uh, Greatest Showman, I, Tanya Ladybird. So it is. So in, it is. But it's in musical or comedy. What? What, what part of the movie is funny? None of or that, a musical. None of that strikes none me as it. either musical or comedy. No. None of it you know, is, no, no, no. You know what? Drama. Here's what it is. This is the musical aspect is it makes white supremacists sing the song of their heart because this movie makes people very uncomfortable. Well, that people was, think it's laughable. Well, maybe it's that also that uh, cultural movies are viewed as comedies. If you, you're, exactly. you're trying to make some sort of cultural point, you are nullified by saying that it's funny to talk about complex cultural issues. Right. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. This idea that racism still when exists. People, and people America. do. They laugh in your face about it. I don't know how many you know conversations you guys have ever so, gotten in. Because he said it too. Like he's he gets it going in the other direction sometimes as well. People make jokes about mm -hmm. him like he gets he's called the white boy all the other stuff and he's sitting there and he's like that's not funny so but, but when do you think this happened like this turn happened because like you look at movies like roots or the color purple mm -hmm. or stuff like that they didn't get lumped in categories like that no. did they no but they didn't get awards either really i think they it's even nominated <laughs> well the color purple was the only film ever in hollywood history that was nominated for 13 oscars and won zero i'm gonna say wow. this i think it's controversial what i'm about to say but i stand by it I think that if you make a movie that isn't about empowered black people, that paints them 
as the sympathy card, it is acceptable and people are okay with it because it's comfortable. I think that if you paint white people in the character that they are the villain and the black people are empowered, it puts them into a place of being uncomfortable and it's no longer accepted. Wow. Let's ask a black person how they feel about that. Nicole, what's your opinion on what um, she just said? Uh, very true and well-spoken, actually. I think that's so true. Um, and it just gets mulled over. Like, you know, it's not talked about. You know, uh, I could say that. I could post that on my Facebook or Instagram, and there will be crickets, you know. Mm -hmm. um, my clients and clientele come from all walks of life. The people that I travel with, hang out with, compete with, like, there's no rhyme or reason. I, I do uh, hang out with everybody, literally, and... Uh, yeah, it, that it does make people uncomfortable, but I think it's a, it it's definitely a, a cultural thing. Uh, black people talk about everything. I don't know that other cultures feel comfortable well, doing that. And I think, for me, I grew up in white suburbia. I mean, right. just gonna say it like it is. Now, did you grow up in white suburbia or white rural suburbia? <laughs> I know that's a weird question well, to ask. It, well, you know, did I you live on a cul-de-sac or in a farm? Like, you know, it wasn't a cul-de-sac, but it was it wasn't a farm either. It was that suburbia, like the house, the big house that sits off the street, kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? That I drive by, going, I can't find a gas station. I grew station. up in Cobb County, which is one of the richest counties in Georgia. <laughs> okay, did you catch you drive that? by in Cobb Lights, Come on, like, uh huh. <laughs> so you know, for me growing up, I I had. I hate saying it like this, but there's no other way to say it. I had one black friend. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah, you know, because there was only one black friend. But did he? That lived did, in he my did he like you? Did you? Yeah, we were really friends. friends. Michael yeah. White, stand-up dude. Yeah, yeah, like that was his name. And so black people like you. I've always, I've really always people like that. I'm a likable motherfucker, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I can vouch for that. I again will co-sign for that. That is so, a true statement. People have always disliked me, but. You know, growing up, I didn't think racism was a thing. Like, I knew that it's a hard slavery truth. happened and it was shit. You know, there was no question about it. Like, it was bullshit. But I thought our country had moved past it because I did not experience it. I didn't see it. And as a child, that's what they teach you. They teach you that it has this finite end point and that once it's done, it's done. And you don't bring it back up and it's done. And there is no repercussion well, like or school, emotional we damage. We taught about slavery and Jim Crow laws in the civil rights <clears throat> movement. And that's where the narrative stopped. Right. Exactly. Well, the, the interesting part about that is like redlining for um, being able to buy homes anywhere you want in the country. That didn't end until the mid 1970s. You know, so there was a lot and, of things that rolled out post slavery, even post the civil rights era as a well. Big, a big change that happened in my yeah. high school years that I never even picked up on yeah. then until post college. Right. Like, I think looking back on it, when I was in high school freshman year, there yep. were maybe two black kids in our school Damn. by the time senior year ended there was a couple hundred you know Woo. and it was just that many so the basketball team vastly improved <laughs> by the time you got home. all of a sudden it's a d1 team <laughs> my high school is thriving now because it's you know it's a majority african-american school yeah. and it wasn't that way growing up we yeah. sucked and like it was a snot-nosed drag-out football game and I can remember standing on the sidelines and thinking, man, their band kicks ass. It's a party <laughs> over there. But then it was like, it's, it's time party. to go out there and get my ass handed to me on the field again. You know, but, you know, we went out and did our thing. And, 
And guys, this is not to say we don't hate white people. We hate white supremacists. We hate racists. That's yeah. what we're saying. Typically, the people that are uncomfortable with Get Out are the people that are racist. They now, are uncomfortable. I will say this. The movie Get Out, the first time I watched the trailer, made my stomach turn. Okay, if you're a horror... Okay, if it's one well, thing yeah, if you're scared of it because it's horror. No, it wasn't fine. because it was horror. It was the whole premise of that movie mm-hmm. gave me the... Oh, no, oh, I, don't yeah. to, I don't want to watch this. The truth is ugly, and then you combine it with horror, so it's like you're already nervous going in that you're watching a horror film, but then to be, you know, coupled with this ugly truth of racism is just even worse. And you know sitting there that you're looking around and you're like, oh, no, what kind of audience am I walking into? How mm. is this going to be received? How am I going to be perceived sitting here? What Are they going to watch my reactions? Am I supposed to react a certain and it's way? Weird. Like, I never even thought about that, just... I'm getting goosebumps thinking of it. It just made my skin crawl. Like, the whole premise of uh-huh. the movie, the fact that we have to have a movie about something like that made my skin crawl. I, I absolutely agree with you. I um, I didn't have much information about the movie prior to going, except mm-hmm. knowing that it was a good movie, and all my friends and people were like, you need to go see this. But had I watched, I would have probably done the same thing. Or had I known or had more information... Yeah. I, because I, I do that. I've done that with uh, different movies like Passion of the Christ and other... Yes. Yeah, I've never seen movies. that film. I've Neither never... I've never watch it at home. Don't shit. watch it in the theater. I, I, yeah, I just... I, I, I refuse to watch it. It's a lot. Film. Yeah. It's, it's too much. It's but they lot. make kids watch that. I mean, like... I did. The first time yeah, I saw yeah. it, I was in seventh grade. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's 13 is, years old. That's insane. I just think that's absolutely positively insane. It, it's, it's brainwashing. It, it is. It was... I remember watching Holocaust films at the same like at the same age. I was too, in middle was school just, and Schindler's was, was on like our our reading list of yep. something we were supposed to read and mm-hmm. or watch the movie. Yeah, but Get Out. I mean, it just it was so good. It's so damn it was, good. It's a, great, it's a great film. It's a it great was so film. So good. It's I mean, great everything. There, there is it. no way that it, I mean, it just makes no sense that it should not have been in other categories. Right. Well, the, the girl's not even nominated for an actress. And, and she I, was, she was I mean, she's phenomenal. Oh, she was so... If you haven't seen it, so there are... And the details that Jordan Peele put And for put those of us that it. have dated white women, there's just this sort of... <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's another story. <laughs> but for those of you that have seen it, I mean, there are little details that Jordan Peele put in there that just blew my mind at the end if you've seen it. She's eating cereal, and she doesn't eat her cereal with her milk. Like normal people, she'll put the cereal in her mouth and then take a sip of milk because it's the representation of separating white from other colors it's little details like wow. that mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't pick up on that yeah there were articles about it where mm-hmm. people went through and people that study film and were like look at all these nods to society and mm-hmm. the breakdown of racism i knew a girl white girl and she she used to eat her cereal with orange juice excuse me yeah I mean, what did she used to pour orange juice. juice. I'm sorry. Like, she'd eat cereal instead of milk. It was orange juice. Yeah. And you left Uh, her how quickly? (laughs) It was uh, literally. It was a Jordan Peele moment where you're like, I gotta get out. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I was taking you to something place. It was really strange. Get out of here, crazy lady. I definitely watched the movie and thought, okay, I need to watch this a few more times. I have not. It was very deep, you know, but I definitely could see people pulling out oh yeah lots of symbolism oh yeah yeah Yeah. when when they're crazy you should pull out definitely (laughs) we mean that physically and metaphorically speaking (laughs) toads fred speaking of phenomenal films with incredible directors and great content 
Check out tomorrowpictures.tv, Counter Histories. I'm sitting here with the director, Frederick Taylor. Oh, my yes. God. He knew it. It was coming. So not only is it screening in the United States, it's making its way to India in the year 2018 and will continue its tour, yes. globally speaking. Fred, tell us a little bit about Counter Histories. Well, it's actually doing quite well. It is That's a story an understatement. about um, culture. What, which we've been talking about. But I, I also feel handles it in a way that is um, very palatable as well, where you're invited into the discussion and to being able to understand the complexities of this and how people feel. And I think that's one of the things that you have to be really mindful of when you're talking about race and culture, when you're talking about women and other types of um, political issues, even people that are gay and transgendered and things like that. You have to really have an understanding of how everybody feels and how that dynamic sort of creates the moment as well. And it's interesting because it's basically American history, but it seems to resonate in other cultures. It's literally a finalist on the continent of Africa in the Africa Film Festival in the documentary category Yay. as a finalist, which is phenomenal because I was thinking, like, why would anybody in Africa give a crap about, you know, what's going on in America? But they do. And it does well in Asia. It does well in India. Well, I mean, it does well in it, Europe. It makes so. sense, with, especially with South Africa, with their whole issue sure. with apartheid. Absolutely. I mean, it makes sense Absolutely. it resonate with them. It's done right. well in the U.S. It's already won some right. awards here as well. Yeah, and I think one of the most defining moments for me was when I was in one of those, like, very heavily, completely white, southern places like in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and I screen this film, and I'm in literally in a room full of people that are white, super white, and I have to get up there in an auditorium and make a speech about this film, show the film, and then the guy comes down the aisle afterwards, he looks like he's the grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, but he's got a, he's got a tear in his eye, and he says, thank you, son, for, for making that film. It has helped me to garner a lot of insight into the way things were and what I was and how I need to change. And as he puts wow. his tiki torch out. And gave me a hug and said, you are welcome here anytime. If you need a place to stay, you can stay with us and you know, we'll take you to dinner and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. Truly powerful. Really is. It's, it's just mind-blowing and changing. Mm -hmm. And that's what life's about. You want to be able to do some things in your lifetime before you pass on that say that life was worth it. Yeah. And that's what the film is really about. Life is worth it. So, guys, if you aren't satisfied with the Golden Globes and you want some deep content, again, come to TomorrowPictures.tv. We've got all kinds of incredible things. We have a web series, Fairly Sane, which is based on the premise of women ruling the workplace. We have Transmission Love, which is about a trans... Which Brandon is in. Brandon yeah, is, Brandon Sartain. Brandon if you love Brandon, Brandon if you're a it, fan. Which, um, that's going to be coming out during pilot season this year, and so that'll be exciting as well so we hope that it enhances uh brandon's opportunities within the world of acting and he does get to be that jiggly guy next time he passes that that they not, spray beer on not when i get finished with him He's i know Zach Efron. <laughs> you're gonna literally destroy his career he's never gonna get any parts I'll never be the flabby stripper. No. <laughs> well, guys, that is it from us here at Tomorrow Pictures from Let It All Hang Out. We will catch you next time on our podcast, Let It All Hang Out. Again, this program is powered by the Tomorrow Pictures Network. Take us out, Fred. This is TomorrowPictures.tv. And always, always, always remember the story is in the telling. No, 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 no,
Can you get? Can you get them to say tomorrow pictures? <laughs> you need to develop them tonight. Yeah. Can you get them to say tomorrow pictures? Production services provided by Tomorrow Pictures Incorporated. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century, tempered by war, disciplined by a hard and bitter peace, proud of our ancient heritage, and unwilling to witness or permit the slow undoing of those human rights to which this nation has always been committed and to which we are committed today at home and around the world. This is TomorrowPictures.tv.